Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam. This is Amir. And welcome back to Music of Mass Destruction. Now, today we have two guest stars on today's episode. This is my best friend, Tony, and our other good friend, uh, Joseph. Say, hey. Hey, say what's up, guys. Hey, hey what's now? up, guys? And today we have a really good episode today. We're going to be talking about... Uh, the topic for today is called Chester Bennington, the Lincoln Park story. And pretty much what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about a little bit about Chester's life, uh, things that he did with Lincoln Park... Uh, his band Grey Days, maybe a little bit of Dead by Sunrise. So today, let me start off by saying, you know, with Lincoln Park's history, they were originally started by Mike Shinoda and two other people that are actually currently still in the band today. Uh, they were, the band was started in high school, but turns out whenever they started, they actually started under a different name called Zero, like X-E-R-O. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, whenever they first started, they only ended up recording about four track, like a four track demo, yeah. which is literally just four demos that weren't even really real songs. And after it was recorded, they tried over and over and over again to try to get signed to a label. And they actually had a different vocalist at this time too. His name was uh, Mike Wakefield. That sounds familiar. Yeah, um, I really should have looked up more about that person because uh, I've heard that name over and over again before on and off but not very much so they failed to get signed a lot and Mark Mark Wakefield he ends up leaving the band to pursue other projects because he didn't feel like uh, the band was going anywhere at this you know specific point in time I bet he regretted that oh yeah probably big time <laughs> so eventually uh, the basis for the band uh, I think his name is uh, his last name is Farrell I can't remember his first name but um he ends up leaving the band as well, like shortly after I think uh, Mike did. So, eventually, while they were trying to find a new uh, a new vocalist for the band, they ended up finding Chester. Uh, he was recommended to Mike Shinoda and everyone by a uh, by a vice president of a music company called Zamba Music. His name is Jeff Blue. And after Chester was recruited. They, they kind of got their confidence back to try to make more music and things like that. But the label they got signed to uh, insisted that they change their name to something else. So they, because after they changed their name from Zero, they changed their name from Zero to Hybrid right after Chester got recruited. And when they, signed, when they got signed to Warner Brothers labels, the company was insisting they change their name to something else so they, their band wouldn't be confused with another band at the time that was called Hybrid. So... I bet it would probably like a whole lawsuit, copyright thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. Is that where they got the uh, album name for Hybrid Theory? Yeah, so uh, they ended up changing their name to Hybrid Theory just to kind of avoid confusion. And after the band label insisted that they change their name again, they ended up settling on Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, the reason they changed it to this name was because apparently they were paying homage to uh, Santa Monica and Lincoln Park in California. I don't know why, like they chose to do that, but you know, I guess it kind of worked out in the end. Well, they're from California. Yeah. The, yeah, the band they formed in California. Um, where at though? Let me look up. So after that, Agora Hills, California. That's oh, where, yeah. Okay. So pretty much after they changed their name to Lincoln Park and they had Chester in the band, that's what that's what eventually they started recording new material, which eventually became Hybrid Theory. And you know, when that got released in two thousand. That took off. That 
this fucking took off the band like, oh, yeah. like nobody's business. So I have to ask each one of you. Tony, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Joseph, and then we'll go to Amir. Yeah, shoot. What were your thoughts on Hybrid Theory? Oh, dude, I grew up, I grew up with that album. Man, I, I, I can imagine a lot of us here did. Uh, Hybrid Theory, that was um, that was the album my dad used to play in the car all the time. Yeah. Every time he'd take me anywhere, like was it school or whatever, at Hybrid Theory. And then after that, it was uh, Meteora. And I remember the the disc got so scratched that all the back then, so the CDs, when the CDs were scratched, they'd skip a little bit, kind of like a vinyl record. Yeah. But it would sound so weird. But I got so used to how that sound that when I listen to the actual songs from Hybrid Theory, they sound a little weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when you're watching a movie and like you're watching it like on a VHS, and then like the tape skips at a certain part. Yeah. And so whenever you watch a full movie like on TV and you don't recognize that part, it just throws the movie off. Yeah, it, just, yeah. <laughs> it feels weird. You know, it's 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 familiar, but it's different. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I grew up with uh, Lincoln Park. Um, hybrid, I still have a copy of Hybrid Theory and Meteora at my house as we speak. And I'll, I'll listen to them in the car every now and then. I have all the songs on my phone. But Hybrid Theory is probably my favorite one. Probably for the nostalgic value. What, do you, what would you say your favorite song from the album is? Oh, shit, dude. Don't make me choose. <laughs> That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you for not being able to pick one. Because, I mean, the whole album itself is just, like, amazing. It's like asking me, hey, what's your, what's your favorite thing, air or water? <laughs> you can't live without either. <laughs> can't live without them. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Joseph? And like Tony said, it's just we've been growing up with Lincoln Park forever. I remember... It was probably late, late elementary school, whenever I got into it, and whenever I started with Hybrid Theory. Uh, man, that just brings back memories. Listening to In the End and... That's no probably problem. one of my favorite songs was In the End. That's, like, that's probably one of my top favorite songs off of the whole album. <laughs> like, they're still so relevant, crawling is still a meme. <laughs> yeah, like, you still see stuff like that every every day, even today. If you browse memes, you'll come across a crawling meme today. <laughs> and I think the very first song I heard from that album was One Step Closer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that's such yeah. a great song. Numb is a good song in the end. I remember that, that song was so overplayed, but it's not like other bands where if you listen to it multiple times on the fucking radio you get sick of it you change the channel it's back then like every time I that song I could put it on repeat, repeat. I yeah, could listen to it over, over and over. over and over again I would not get it another, another good track that sometimes gets overlooked is Paper Cut one of my favorites That's I true. love Paper Cut Paper Cut is, it was just amazing first time I heard it you know uh, Hybrid Theory like the, the, the some of the themes that went into writing that album a lot of it had to deal with Chester's struggles during his life. All of the songs did. Yeah. Um, and what breaks my heart is that the... All right, so in order to like really describe what I'm getting ready to talk about, it's like a lot of these other bands, they put out like these heartbreak songs and whatnot, or like personal demon songs. But we envelop into ourselves. We listen to them. But what I'm trying to say is, to Chester, it was very important, right? Yeah. So important, he ended up dying. Um, they were cries for help and everyone's like yeah I love that fucking dark ass you know song and but 
Like, like, well, not to derail, but like Nirvana, of course, like Kurt's songs were very deep, personal, you know, things to him. It's just that everyone felt so safe, like the same, you know, yeah. that that's why his music took off. The same thing for Chester Bennington. And sadly, he suffered the same fate. Um, allegedly, you know, there's probably a Courtney Love hiding around here somewhere. <laughs> I don't doubt it at this point. But, but um, we didn't take the, his message seriously, like all other bands. We really it's, didn't. It was... It was watered down because of all the other bands and what they make, all the heartbreak songs, the personal demon songs. You know. But the Chester, his was more genuine. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, his songs were, you know, to keep us happy and everything and to keep us from being depressed and, you know, yeah. thoughts of suicide and stuff like that. Like, but in the very end, you know, it was, it was about him and it's just sad to say that he's gone. I just can't believe... I still can't believe he's gone. Because he has a lot of very optimistic, optimistic songs. You know, it's it, it gives you hope that he's fighting his demons, that he's getting better. He he posted photos with him smiling with his kids, but sadly that was like within what 24, 48 hours of him killing himself. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah like you never know. And I guess that's what really. When I heard that Chester died, it, I didn't even seem real. Like I just you hear about Betty White dying once a week, you know. But when you when. News broke. Chester died. Um, it it really struck me, you know, because we all grew up with Lincoln Park. And you would think of all people, like Chester, really, because we just lost what Chris Cornell, literally, uh, like a, I think about but, a month or two. A before month, that. yeah, right, a month or two. Yep. And shit, and I I didn't even know they were friends until after they both died. Yeah, apparently, like they were they were really really close. Apparently, they were inseparable. It's sad. Yeah, and Chester was really, like, really distraught, you know, after Chris died. Yeah. I mean, but there's rumors, because, like, what I was hearing is that those two are getting ready to, like, blow a whistle on the pedophile ring in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, they had this little organization. It was, like, kind of hush-hush, but it was, like, um, a little thing they're trying to do. Then, for you know it, one's dead. And what's weird about the Chris Cornell suicide, uh, you know, quote-unquote, is that, uh, what, he hung himself from his door? Yeah, it was something it? like that. Um, but what I was reading is that he had a fractured skull. I'm like, I don't know about that, dude. Like, that seems kind of suspicious. Uh, it was like we have a little Epstein thing going on. But... <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Bill. <laughs> just saying. That's a topic for another day, though. Yeah, that's, <laughs> def- that's definitely some more. Yeah. So, uh, from what we know, it, it got rid off as a suicide. Everyone just says it's a suicide. And I guess that's what have to take it as unless you want to be seen as like fucking Alex Jones character where it's like oh, you're man. just so full of conspiracies that no one believes you <laughs> 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 but anyway uh, his music yeah it meant a lot to a lot of people uh, a lot of people grew up with it you know a even us of, you know like um, I, just, I just I can just I can just think about all the times you know 10 11 12 years ago you know we we're just hanging out at your house in the room you know we we're we had the weekend off from school. Oh yeah, we would all you would have that radio like on your wall on the little uh, on the little yeah that blue one with the yeah. blue light and the two dual speakers. Yeah, and it was on the little wooden table thingy right on, right on the long wall. And yep, we had a, you would always be blasting like minutes to midnight and, and hybrid theory. And Shaq, if you're listening, I'm glad I did not let you borrow my albums because your punk ass moved like three days after that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you tried to like lift them off me, you piece of shit. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, I remember, like, yeah, getting on the bus, and it was Friday afternoons, riding home, and we both got off of the same bus stop, because you lived right across the street from me, 
That was and, days, man. Oh, yeah. We'd go into the bedroom, dude. We'd put on some Lincoln Park, play some PlayStation 2, and Xbox 360. 360 yeah. yeah. Oh, and just listen to fucking Lincoln Park, man. We would. You had, like, all their albums up until that point, too, because I think up at that time, uh, only their first three records had been out. So everything up to Minutes to Midnight, those are, like, the only three records they had out at the time. You know, because they had took a... They, they had a three-year gap between their... Between Minutes to Midnight and a Thousand Suns. That was 2010. And yeah, you had to get Minutes to Midnight if you want to listen to that Transformers song, What I've Done. Because when that, that movie came out... That mo- dude, that movie was a hit. Transformers? Fuck, man. Everyone was... I, the only ones who didn't like it were the diehard Transformers fans. Mm-hmm. They were shitting all over it. And fuck Michael Bay. Fuck Transformers. Optimus, he's still cool. I remember everyone was buying Camaros because of that <laughs> damn movie. But yeah, uh, What I've Done was on Minister Midnight. And I remember I bought when I bought that album, too, it was at that Walmart over there on the cart. Yeah. And uh, I was with Juwan. And we had just even bought the Daughtry album. And it was it was a long-ass time ago. So. Dude, I can Daughtry, just... Daughtry <laughs> was big back in the day. Yeah, man. Once again, everyone, another topic everyone, for another day. Everyone <laughs> has a guilty pleasure Daughtry song. We all I'm do. coming home. Home. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. back again. Yeah, that was a good one. By variety, I think we just mean the one. <laughs> the one. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and that's what separates them from Lincoln Park, because Lincoln Park has a lot of damn good songs. I just... I, I, I wasn't too big about Linkin Park around the time, uh, what, A Thousand Suns came out? Yeah. 2010. Same year, yep. yeah. I think that was 2012. It was 2010. It was 10? Yeah, Living Things was 2012, Hunting Party was 2014, and then their last album with Chester before he died was One More Light, 2017. I remember they also had Live in Texas. Yeah, that they was... that one. That was 2000... That's, I think they were touring with Korn. On that one, because uh, it might have been 2006. Yeah, no, I think no, it was 2000. Yeah, it might have been. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, it wasn't because it 2004. Three, four. It was four. I could look it up real quick. It's three or four, I think. All right, one second. Yeah, but yeah, my, they were touring with Corn, and uh, Jonathan Davis was in one of the songs, and um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh. Fuck. Which one was it? it was, he had a, he, he only had like one part in the song. It was like, the blood is pouring. Right. I remember them re- releasing like a live in Texas album on them. And I'm pretty sure it was like 2003, I believe. But I could be wrong. That's just what my gut's telling me. It was one step closer. It was Jonathan Davis. He had like a extra part while live in Texas. Because right. when you listen to One Step Closer and then listen to the one, I always wait for the the blood is pouring part. And when right. it doesn't, when Jonathan Davis isn't in it, I get kind of like sad a little bit because I'm expecting that part because that's so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it builds up from that point. And then when Chester just screams out, "Shut up!" when I'm talking to you, is that that's when your head just starts banging. You you're literally <laughs> just banging your head no matter where you are. So, um, taking a dump, banging your head, <laughs> driving down 20, banging heads. So, uh, Joseph, do you have, do you happen to have a, a personal favor from Hyper 3? I bet it's numb. <laughs> no, I'm a damn good song. Probably though. the classic in the end. In the end, but the, what, that song. What, uh, what Tony was talking about whenever they were live in Texas, there was a, the song is um, from the inside, was it? Yeah, yeah, think, uh, yeah. That was probably one from of my favorites. Inside. 
from the inside. Yeah. Another, what was another thing? Live in Texas. I, I'm pretty sure MTC has it. So it comes with the, the DVD that you can put in. If you, I guess your fucking PS4 can play it or whatever. If you even have like a DVD player. Once things actually open up, you know, it's, uh, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to like go and see if we can try to find it. Because that's going to eat away at me until everything officially you know, opens back up for good. Oh, yeah. For me, I probably have to say Paper Cut just because, uh, you know, I, I love every song on the album, but Paper Cut is just like the, uh, it's kind of like the stray away from, you know, everyone's favorite song most likely being in the end mm-hmm. or like most of the Linkin Park, you know, fan base. Me, uh, Paper Cut just really sticks out to me. You know, it's it's got it's got a little bit of all their elements, you know. Chester's vocals, you know, it's... He's just incredible. Oh, you can't go wrong with Chester. Like, yeah. he was great in Grey Days, you know? Yeah, and we're going to talk about Grey Days a little bit here later. But, uh, Amir, what about you? I know you haven't said much. I know we've been stuck on Hybrid Theory for a while. <laughs> I think, for me, as far as Hybrid Theory goes, my favorite song would have to be In The End. And it's just because that's the song that, you know, got me started on Lincoln Park. I remember back in middle school, my brother had an old iPod Nano. <laughs> yeah, those things were fucking awesome. But he gave it to me, and he had a bunch of songs on there. And that's really how I started listening to, you know, the music I listen to now. He had Pull Up On My Valentine, Event 7 Phone, and everything. Oh, but, yeah. but Linkin Park was on there as well. And he had one song on there. And it was in the end. And it was in the end. <laughs> and I listened how to ironic. it. ironic. You were just And I had mood. that shit on for like the entire hour I was in <laughs> Because I couldn't get enough of it. It was so damn good. Yeah, and then I went home and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta look these guys up," and up popped all these fucking albums, and I'm that, like, "That just flew under your head." Exactly, and then you know I look at them and I'm like, "Holy shit, these guys are actually pretty popular," you know. And then I was listening to some music, and then from Indiana it went to Numb, and then What I've Done, and you know you watch the music video for these, and you're like, "Damn, this shit deep," you know. <laughs> yeah. And it stuck with me, and then throughout the years, you know, they released singles and whatnot, and I didn't really keep up too much with the band, you know, past their first three albums. But then um, One Step Closer came out, and then, you know, I, I liked when Heavy came out, I liked the single. I know a lot of that album received a lot of backlash, but, you know, I, I liked some of the singles off of that album, Heavy, uh, One Step Closer is one that hits home, especially now that Chester has passed. Talking to Myself is another good song on yeah. that album as well. You, you look back at the album and you, and you realize that, you know, there were a lot of hidden gems in there, like finding a diamond in a row. Yeah. And that's what's great about Linkin Park is that if you've never heard of them and you hear one of their songs and it resonates with you, like it really sticks with you like it did with you. Um, most, some bands, and I've come across some bands recently too, that they've released one good song and the rest of their is just shit. They're Linkin Park. of a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they released one good song and the rest of their songs are shit. With Linkin Park, if you like one of their songs, more than likely you're going to like the rest of them too. Yeah, exactly. Because they have like a very specific sound to them. You know, it's a yeah. sound that resonates with you. You've been where you feel like Mike Shinoda or Chester Bennington, where the guys who wrote the songs have been. Dude, and that's another reason why whenever they brought Chester into the band, when uh, whenever they renamed to Linkin Park and everything, when they brought Chester into the band, it was said that, you know, Chester and Mike had so much, like, chemistry, good chemistry together oh, yeah. when it came to making music, that that's, a, that's one of the main reasons that their music actually took off. Yeah, and those it's guys... It's because they, call, they worked so well together. Yeah, those guys mixed together real well, because Mike Shinoda brings in, like, the, uh, like the freestyle 
feel of the early Linkin Park albums, you know? While Chester's over there just pouring his heart out on the mic. You know, like, what was it, uh, Given Up was another good one, too. Oh, man. Yep, we're that was intense. my favorite song off of that whole album. Chester is a scream. Yeah, he's a screamer. Like, honest to God, that dude, he can... How long was that scream? Like, 18 oh, seconds? my God. <laughs> he stubbed his toe for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I want to tell you guys a couple of a couple of interesting facts about Chester when, whenever he was growing up. Apparently, uh, when he was a kid, he really got into music as, in, a, in a young age. Yeah. And... Two of the two of his most like uh, big inspirations, you know, when it came to making music, was actually Depeche Mode and Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. I can never say their name right. <laughs> it's Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Okay. But yeah, he was a big fan of Stone Temple Pilots, and when he was a kid, it was actually a lifelong dream of his to actually be able to be in that band. Oh, Stone and, Temple. Yeah, and he actually it actually ended up coming yeah, true because in 2013, uh, after Scott Whalen had been fired from STP back in 2013. They hired. They asked Chester if he wanted to come sing in yeah. the band, and he's like, you know, if Stone Temple asks you to come sing in their band, you're not gonna say no. You can't say no. <laughs> you can't I, say no. I saw them uh, on YouTube where Chester's live and he's singing Big Empty, and mm-hmm. dude, he was good. He was real good, really damn good. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was in Stone Temple for a bit. Like every time I take a shower, I was like a backup vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that they. Uh, so he did. He did achieve like his his one of his childhood dreams, you know, being able to be a part of Stone Temple. It just sucks that like it didn't work out in the end because uh, they only ended up releasing like a like an EP, yeah. and it only had about maybe five songs on it. And then so Chester was only in the band for about maybe two years, all through 2015. But it did say that um, he did leave with the band on good terms. Yeah. So there wasn't like a falling out or anything. He left on good terms, and the reason he was leaving because. He was fully committed to Lincoln Park. Yeah. And how much of a bummer would it have been to just admire a band growing up and you finally get a chance to be in that band and then just leave on bad terms? Yeah. Could you imagine? That would be soul-crushing, honestly. Yeah, that would. It actually, came, it actually worked out at a good time, too, because I think they had just recently finished recording uh, The Hunting Party, which came out in 2013, 2014. I think they ended up finishing it maybe sometime in late 2013. So... It was another good three years before they before one more light actually ended up being released. So Chester actually had time, like in between gaps of that album and one more light, to actually work with the band. Yeah. So when he ended up leaving, I guess immediately after he left and went back to Lincoln Park, they immediately started on production for One More Light, which ended up being his last record with the band. It was their seventh and last record with Chester. Unfortunately. Do you guys know what you were doing the day that the news broke that he had that he had died oh shit this is one of those like 9-11 and Kurt Cobain questions (laughs) what I was doing I was at work actually no I was getting ready for work and um I've yeah I I heard about it and I was like I'm gonna gonna hear from more sources I'm gonna hear from people maybe at work because it goes back to what you were saying earlier like uh you you, it's that thing you you hear and you just don't believe it right away it's it's just unreal yeah it's absolutely unreal as a matter of fact I'm still having a hard time believing he's gone Know? Yeah, but once I got to work, and the first question I got asked, "Hey, did you hear about the Lincoln Park guy? He died." I'm like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> that confirms it. <laughs> I was, oh, dude, I didn't know how to feel. It was like obviously sad, dude. I was, I don't know, crushed. I'd, I'd say, because of all people, Chester Bennington. Really, it just, I don't know. It just, 
we are definitely in the wrong alternate universe when that happens. Yeah, I remember that day when I found out. It was on July 20th, 2017. That's the day he died. I was at work myself. And it was about the halfway point of my day. It was like maybe 12.30, 12.45. And I remember like I was going to the break room to take my break for the day. And I was getting on my phone. I was sitting in the back. I was kind of just cooling off because it was a hot day that day. And then I took out my phone while I was sitting down and I saw I saw like all over the news feeds and everything. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had to, I literally had to pinch myself to make sure I wasn't asleep or something. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe it. And like about 10 minutes after I found out that it was true and it was, the headlines were going around everywhere, yep. Joseph ended up texting me like almost immediately. Because I don't know what you were doing that day. Yeah, but um, I was actually starting my new job at a security place and I had just found out and I was basically like, okay, this has got to be a hoax. No. This can't be true. Everyone My was probably exactly. saying that. Everyone it's was like, probably someone out there is bullshitting us. It's like really. So I, I gave it a couple minutes, and then I found out from from Adam. He texted me and was like, "Did you hear the news?" I was like, "Oh my God, it's actually true." And I just had to take a a moment of silence, and I was like, "I can't believe this is really happening. My childhood hero is actually dead." And what made it even worse is that we just lost Cornell. You know, we Literally just, just a month lost or two him. before. And that I wouldn't say is not shocking, considering that he's part of the grunge group. You know, mm-hmm. who's left right now? And Scott Jam- Whalen's gone, right? Eddie Vedder, he's still alive. Pearl Jam, I think uh, Eddie Eddie is the only Eddie's one still, still alive. He's the Betty White of grunge now. He's mm-hmm. the last one. Pearl, I think Pearl Jam's getting ready to release another record here pretty soon. Oh God. I <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Amir? Do you remember? Do you do you happen to remember what you were doing the day you found out about the I news? I think I was uh, I was just chilling because it was it was probably like a month after I graduated from high school, and I was you know I was like uh, fuck I, I got look well no you said twenty seventeen right July twentieth it was actually it was actually a couple of months before I was graduating high school but I remember I, it was um, summertime and I was you know. I was just fucking around doing stupid shit because you know I was a teenager. I didn't Dude, have nothing. To, I didn't. I yeah. didn't have a job. Yeah, we do that to today. Do. Yeah, but, <laughs> so, we're yeah, like in our mid twenties. We were fucking still around a few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember because it was late at night when I actually heard of the news. Uh, someone at the time texted me and was like, "Hey, did you hear about what happened to Chester Bennington? Because she happened to be a really big fan of the band as well." I'm like, no, what happened? And then she like, yeah, he's dead. You know, he's gone. I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? And I got a little teary-eyed because I grew up on that guy's music, you know? And like we mentioned earlier, his music resonated with a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And it helped us through some tough times. And, you know, I was looking up all the different sources, and it was saying, you know, he died from suicide. And the first thing that that popped in my mind was, you know, that's ironic since he's helped save, you know, probably millions of lives. It is very ironic, yeah. That, that actually brings me to that to an interesting point. It was a couple, I think it was a couple months ago, where there was a person that was uh, that was getting ready to contemplate suicide, and there were, an, another bystander came along and started singing lyrics from the song "One More Light" from their last record that Chester was singing, and it actually ended up saving that person's life. Yep. And he they ended up not taking their own life. When I heard about that, I was like, that is, if there was ever an ultimate dose of irony in the world, that's it right there. I couldn't believe that. Demons are a very powerful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Very that powerful. That it is. But it doesn't have to be. 
They don't have to be strong. Just, alright. I can imagine, like, a lot of sad, depressing music will take you into the funk. And personally, I call it the tar. It's when you're in that mood where it's hard to get out of. And you find yourself in it all the time. And we like to listen to sad songs to fuel that feeling, you know? Yeah. You put on, like, one good song, it's going to pull you out, you know? Chester has a lot of, like, sad songs. Well, I can say a lot of artists do. Listen to Bleed It Out. You know, if that if that doesn't pull you out, then I don't know what to tell you. Oh, Mike's rap on that fucking song. <laughs> Bleed It Out, dude. Yeah, that's that, a damn that, good song. That's, that's the crazy thing. You know, that song was like, a lot of people love that song, including myself. You know, there, I know there's people out there that probably don't like it as much as the previous work, but that I, for a majority of people, that song probably really pumped a lot of people up. Oh, yeah. It's something you know, that pumps you up. Yeah, there, many, there are songs down there. Right. It doesn't have to be Fleekin Park or anything like that. It just whatever song pulls you out of your funk, your tar, listen to it, man. Mm-hmm. Always think of think of everything. That's all I gotta say on that topic. Very big. So uh <clears throat> When a Thousand Sons and Living Things were coming out, Joseph, me and you me and you were the mainly the ones that listened to these two records. A Thousand Sons really wasn't liked by very many people. Just because it, it, I it skipped was, over it. Too. Yeah, it was a big departure from their first three records. At there first, were, really, I wasn't getting into it. I was like, I don't know what I think about it because it's not. I was used to the early age, yeah. Lincoln Park. I like the heavy metal and everything, and you know, it just wasn't kicking it. But yeah. it gave me it. It, it took a couple <sighs> tries, it took a couple songs, and I really got into it. Yeah, they changed their formula, and they lost a lot of fans because of it. Uh, a lot of people said they should go back to their original sound from Hybrid Theory and uh, Meteora. And, um, I mean, you, you could definitely pinpoint when it started to stray. That was Minutes to Midnight. You know, leave out all the rest. That is definitely not, like, you know, one step closer. It's still a it's, great fucking song. It's a great song, yeah. don't get me wrong. But it, the diehard fans who have been with Wicked Park from the early days, like 2000, with Hybrid Theory and Meteora, you listen to songs like that were real mellow and most of the songs on there are like that you know um, they they didn't resonate with it as much and they lost some fans and I remember hearing that they're trying to try and go back to their first you know how they sounded but life happens dude you change you don't want to try and recreate what you had because if you fuck up then there goes all your fans yeah and with Living Things which was released two years later it was 2012 People were really starting to, uh, they were really starting to actually go back. They, they thought Linkin Park was going back in a really good direction. Yeah. So, I mean, like the song Lost in the Echo, that's my personal favorite from the album. Uh, Mike actually takes the lead on the song and Chester is like in the back. Because usually, you know, it's Chester in the front and Mike in the back. Yeah. But this time the roles were kind of reversed. Not so, uh, but with Hybrid Theory and Meteora, it, I never thought one was in front of the other. Yeah. It's always all right. Mike will do his thing, and Chester will come and do his thing. And I think that's what also like contributes to how they lost fans was that some of them were taking the mic, spending more time on the mic than the other one is. Yeah. Even even in uh, Minutes to Midnight, yeah, they yeah. shared they shared equal parts. Yeah, know? even mm-hmm. then. But like, I guess what a thousand suns. That I don't know. It was too different. Like if sometimes you get too much Chester, and sometimes you get too much Mike. And then the yeah. whole. You know, even even on Minute to Midnight, yeah, you can see the shift mm-hmm. happening, but it still had its elements of rock in it. Yeah. On A Thousand Suns, it's 
It would make no one could get behind the electronic. No one could get behind the oh, pop, popish yeah. sound. You know, because we don't. Nobody listens to Lincoln Park for pop. It, no, you know, no. Now, while pop. they while they are mainstream, and I get, you know, maybe they want to get more radio attention. They didn't need that because you look at songs like Indian, Numb, What I've Done. That shit still gets played and streamed today, millions yeah. of times. Yes. And they mm-hmm. they wrote those songs without the pandering idea in mind. Exactly. You know? When Thousand Sons came out, you can kind of tell they were kind of pandering. You know, they were trying to reach out for more, you know, to get more fans in, and they end up losing a lot of their other diehard fans because of it. I do have probably two songs that I like really like off the album is. Uh, First one is Wretches and Kings, and the other one is When They Come For Me. I remember both those songs. I it's it's been a those. long time since I've listened to A Thousand Suns. When did uh, A Thousand Suns come out? 2012, right? 2010. 2010? Uh, you know what? That was around the time I discovered A Perfect Circle and Tool. Yeah. And I remember after, I, <laughs> after that, I was just I was strictly just Tool. And if I listened to any other band, I felt like I was cheating on those two. <laughs> don't, don't worry, everyone. That episode is coming. I yeah. On the season finale. <laughs> we'll get the tool. Don't worry, we're going to get the tool. So, um, there's one album out of every single one, out of all seven records, main records they've released, that I really ha- had really a hard time getting into, and that was The Hunting Party, which was 2014. That yeah, was that was... Real letdown. It's, if you would have told me that was Linkin Park, I'd have thought you were full shit. You know, before, we, before I came on the show, I was looking through the track list of each album, trying to pick out my favorite. And that was the one album where I looked at it, and I'm like, I don't listen or know any of and these songs. songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's sad, too, because, I don't know, I guess. And then when, when One More Light came out, they lost a fuck ton of fans. Yeah, they did. And that one album, all because of Heavy. As soon as Heavy came out, and I thought it was a great song, you know, bringing the collaborations on, because that album had a lot of collaborations, which yeah. I thought was a brilliant idea. But even, you know... When that song came out, it was kind of like A Thousand Sons, and that it, it leaned more radio-friendly. And a lot of people gave them backlash. A lot of reaction videos. Called them of, sellouts, of, of too. Calling them sellouts, saying, you know, they changed too much, they need to go back to their sound. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny, because a lot of people switched up once Schefter like, well, know, yeah, passed away. Yeah. They said, oh, we should have seen the warning signs. Oh, this is the greatest album they released so far. So deep. Yeah, it's like, you weren't saying that when it you dropped. You were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy died yeah, and totally. suddenly all his music is good. Yeah, totally exactly. Different mind there, mindset there. That's kind of how Nirvana really truly took off. I mean, Nirvana was real big. When Every the, the fact that Nirvana, you know, is printed onto T-shirts and people wear them. It's and they very don't ironic. Own, they don't even because you know Kurt. He never wanted to be you know world famous. He was very like anti-commercial. Exactly, and then I, I bet he'd probably be rolling around in his grave thinking about all the teenage girls that go to Hot Topic, buy the shirt, don't even know what the hell Tell the band is for. Thank you. Oh <laughs> thank God. God, thank you so much. I um, see that so much. It's like wait, those fucking kids, poses. It's like those kids that wear Thrasher hoodies and think they <laughs> and, and, and they think they skate or something. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean I don't mean to briefly change the subject, but that that does bring up an interesting point. Didn't you say that something like that recently happened to you about a guy that you saw that was wearing like a tool shirt, and like you you were talking briefly talking about it? You was like, yeah, I don't even I don't even know who 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 or what this even means. It's just oh a shirt. wait, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, the guy wearing the shirt was a tool fan. Uh, the guy I was working with had no idea what tool was, 
and it's understanding. He was mostly into like, um, I guess. What, Don't what say we, Panic at the Disco. No, no. What, what are they called? <laughs> rap these days? Rap. Is it still rap? I, I was stuck to like, what, trap music or whatever? Trap or yeah, yeah, some shit. I don't know. I don't listen to it, it. Pretty much garbage. But, yeah, that's, garbage. That, but that's mostly what he listens to. So yeah. I, 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 it's really hard to explain what Tool is to somebody yeah. who's never heard of Tool. Because it, it's not... You can't just say, oh, this rock. Because rock, you think of rock, you think of like fucking Gun N' Roses or something. You yeah, know? he thought of Pearl Jam. He, he wouldn't stop singing... Um, one of the Pearl Jam songs, uh, was it Alive? Yeah, he was singing Alive because it was on like Rock Band. He grew up with Rock Band. And I was trying to explain to him that no, it's not like Pearl Jam or Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah. Tool is very cerebral of a band. Yeah. And um, it's really hard to explain what Tool is who's, to people who don't know what you that band is. You just gotta listen to him. Yeah. But like for Nirvana and um, yeah, Kurt was very anti-commercial. And just the idea that you know, he felt like a major sellout because all he really wanted to do was make one album that was Bleach and just play in his garage, you know? Yeah. But they were big. And when Smells Like Teen Spirit came out, dude, it changed he the world He hated that song, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because what it became. Yeah. yeah. Of what that song became. That song became the equivalent the equivalent of Radiohead's Creek. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that that's the only song people know by them. <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, I want to spend it. We're at 37 minutes right now. I just want to let everyone know. Okay. But uh, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Grey Days. Oh. This was this was the band that Chester is in before immediately before he ended up joining Lincoln Park. Uh, they were formed like sometime in the late in the early 90s. Uh, they released their first record in 1993. Yeah. It was just called Demo. And their second record, which was called Wake Me, which was released a year later in 1994. Damn. And then their last record, which was And No Sun which is 1997. And then immediately after that, literally the next year, 1998, that's when Chester left the band. Yeah. So from 93, maybe the early 90s all the way to like 98, Chester was the gray days. And they're getting ready to release um, a record, like the band Gray Days is getting ready to release a record with Chester's vocals from their earlier work remastered onto this record that they're releasing to the public. And like a lot of people are gonna have like mixed feelings about that. They're gonna, they're probably gonna have feelings like, uh, they're they're only just releasing it. They're they're capitalizing on Chester's death just so they can make money or album sales or something like that. And then you're gonna have the other half saying, oh, they're paying tribute to you know a once great member of their band. Yeah, and that's another thing is um, you notice that ever since Chester died, there I think there's been at least two or three two or three times this has happened, is artists and bands actually releasing music with that had Chester guest star or that had Chester on them because they're trying to get money yeah. mm-hmm. off his death and that's some bullshit like uh, Mark Morton did that he was the was he's the guitarist for Lamb of God well I, th- I think I think they recorded that song yeah they, 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 th- they had planned to release it so I think he's the exception yeah. Chester had, uh, Mark Morton actually said that Chester actually ended up working with him on that song like a few months before he died mm-hmm. so uh, it's not like they that he did it like 10 years in advance and then just decided to bring it out. But uh, they did the song Cross Off, and Joseph, you know a lot about that song. That song is amazing. And that song is really, really, it's got a really, really good heavy heavy tune to it. And even though it only happened just this one time, it kind of gave everyone like a small taste of like what Chester would have been like if he had been like in a, like a really, really big heavy style band instead of just like a regular rock band, right? Yeah. Because he, he still had his screaming and everything in the song at one point. And he had like his classic vocal singing. Like the song was just amazing. 
and with Mark playing guitar on, on the song and everything, it was just great. Uh, who else did that? Because I know, because uh, I mentioned Grey Days is doing that, and Mark Morton did that. I think there was one other person that actually that actually ended up doing something with Chester before he died. Can't remember. But Grey Days, uh, my favorite song is uh, "What's in the Eye," and Adam here introduced me to that song. And uh, back when I was hitting the bars every night and whatnot, you know, doing my thing, I would play that song on my way back. And that song helped me out a lot, too. It's just one of those other Chester songs that help people. Me and whoever else listens to these songs, they help. So I would listen to um, What's in the Eye, Drive Back Home. And it's one of those songs where it gives you time to kind of feel sorry for yourself, but then it also gives you time to feel better, you know? And it's got some cool lyrics in there too, like for the chorus, it's go, he goes, don't go too fast, my friend, That's or, what I was ta- yeah. or you'll lose control. Yeah, because like when you when you hit the bars every night, you're living a fast life. If you're out getting drunk, you're out playing pool with some friends, like I'm not going to try and bag on myself, but like I have three social, uh, three social circles of friends. And I went out every night to the point where all three circles got tired of going out. Yeah. Yeah. I had the work friends. I had Ryan and uh, I had what? Steve and Taylor. They used to go out. Nick and Jim. Yeah. And then Jake. And all three circles, they're all like, yeah, no, not tonight. I'm like, motherfucker. And I would do, oh, yeah, I was living a fast life. I'm real fast, too. Getting drunk, uh, shouting, like. <laughs> Threat. <laughs> had to like uh yeah had some uh, altercations at some bars a few times and then on your birthday oh man that's... oh my god uh yeah fucking what was that main event yeah that that's a touchy topic right there that, yeah oh shit oh man fuck oh. that guy <laughs> but yeah what's what's in the eye it helped out it, it it's like chester himself was telling hey dude slow the fuck down yeah if you don't you're gonna pay for it so um also, another point in Chester's career, uh, we don't have to talk about this one very long because uh, they don't really have much of a history. Um, between Meteora and when they released Minutes to Midnight, that's a four-year gap right there. Mm-hmm. 2005, Chester ended up forming another band as a side project called Dead by Sunrise. Yeah. They only released one album, and it was released in 2009. It was two years after Minutes to Midnight, and it was a year before A Thousand Suns. There's 12 songs on that album. And I listened to it. I listened to all the whole album uh, earlier this morning. That song, that album is like incredible. And I urge you to listen to it. The album is called uh, Out of Ashes. The one and only album by this band with Chester. Because uh, after this, I guess he just com- went back to committing to Linkin Park again. But all these songs on this album are incredible. And they're almost like a heavier version of Linkin Park. Yeah. I'll give it a listen to yeah, and it's only one album too. That's that's crazy. Like I figured, I was hoping they would release more because you know this was eight years before he died when this album came out. I was hoping they'd release another two or three albums, maybe, but it was just the one and done. <laughs> What's up? I was gonna ask like, I wonder when the next album's coming. I was like, oh wait, shit. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah, that, that's unfortunate though. Like it's it, it's a really great album experience just for the one. Like if you could if you could have it one way, the way that it was made with this record. You wouldn't need another one. And it's sad that all the ones with all the talent go, you know, and more often than not, it's because they take their own lives. Yeah. Except Amy Whitehouse. She didn't really have any talent, but... (laughs) 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 Sorry, Amy. 
someone I, I had think, to tell you. You know, even even after Chester's passing, to see all those bands come together and you know members of different bands to perform Chester's song, it just shows you know the impact oh, that he had. What, you, we had you know Matt Shadow from Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Oliver Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon was performing, though he fucking sucked the singing, so he butchered it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy McKinnon from A Day to Remember, he. He even made an appearance, performed some songs, even Bleak 182. And, you know, it it just shows that, you know, Chester's impact had a lot. Uh, Chester left a great impact on not just fans, but other bands as well. Yeah. Because he was so well-respected in the community, and he was a role model for everybody. That he probably knew most of them personally, too. Yeah. Because when you go on tour, a lot of bands go on tour together. Yeah. And I remember um, after Chester passed, um, me and, you, you know, Ryan. Right. Uh, we went out to this uh, Chester Banks memorial party in Dallas. Oh, I know where this is going. Oh, dude, that was the worst fucking thing I've ever attended. We we went in with the expectations of you know bands playing like songs and whatnot. Like, I was expecting to see like a lot of people. The price they fucking charged us to get in, I would expect it to you know see like battle of the bands where everyone's playing like uh, Lincoln Park song or something like that. But we go in, dude. It was just nasty. It was sweaty. It was hot in there. Oh my god! Like, and they're like, "Are you guys ready to rock?" And we're all like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, where's the bands at though? And then they just press play <laughs> on the turntable, oh, and they're just no. playing music up in the front. And at the bar, they were playing uh, Lincoln Park songs, but it was a different song. So you had one song in one ear and another louder song in the other ear, and the beer was warm. And I'm we were there for like ten minutes. So I'm looking at Ryan and. Ryan goes, you ready to go? I'm like, dude, I've been fucking ready. <laughs> this, dude, this I was ready bullshit. right after they pressed that button. <laughs> I was like, this? You guys should have, like, probably did more. Because yeah. they charged us, what, like 15, 20 bucks? That's a fucking ripoff. It was a fucking ripoff. You could have bought dinner with that. <laughs> You're damn right. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we left. And all we did was talk about, like, how bullshit it was. And not just that. It's like, this is how you want to remember the guy? Warm, sweaty, Stinky beer. <laughs> I'm out of so 20 bucks too that I could yeah. use to buy a good dinner. <laughs> we asked for a refund. Like, sorry, dude, no refunds. So we drove home. We were mad as hell the entire time. The only thing that good that came out of there was that we walked around downtown for a bit. That was it. So yeah, that uh, I hate those memorial things. Yeah, I hate them. That that turned me off to all of them. I, I swear, the next artist that dies and they have a memorial downtown, I'm just gonna pass. I'll just celebrate their lives my own way. I'm I wouldn't blame you. You know, even today, you know, it's been it's it's almost it's been almost three years since he died, and all of us are still jamming out to their records like today still. Yeah, like we're still listening to Great Days. You know, we're we're obviously we're all still listening to Lincoln Park. I listened to Dead by Sunrise today. I think I really think that record should be heard. It's another great record. You know, with Chester being on vocals and everything. So I recommend everyone listen to it. I I think. Um, one topic to bring up is after Chester passed, I believe two years after his death, um, his wife got engaged to a firefighter, <laughs> and she received. Well, no, it's not like one of those pretend firefighters where your your buddy hires him at your bachelor party. He shows up naked. <laughs> or it's not like that. Wait, it was a year after he died. It, it was, was two, two years, years after oh. he died. Oh, okay. Everybody, was everybody was saying. You moved on 
way too far. A little too quickly. To a little too quickly. Might have been fucking that guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and how basic can you be to be married to Chester fucking Bennington? I know. And you're fucking a firefighter. And the, dude, he had six, like six kids. Six kids. Six dude. kids, man. He has six kids. And the love, firefighter has a the, greater chance kid, of dying than Chester did. The, ki- <laughs> 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 the kids. Oh, were, that is bad. I, I read an article and it said, like, the kids in both families were, um, we're happy and I'm like of course they're gonna be the kids are gonna be happy because they got a new dad the family's happy because they struck gold this bitch got millions <laughs> <laughs> yeah guys we're, we're approaching the 48 minute mark right now a new daddy <laughs> a new daddy oh my god this one has a has a stronger neck <laughs> oh that's oh <laughs> that's pretty fucked here you're off the show <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're. <laughs> okay so uh you think they role play <laughs> oh where she makes him sing karaoke of Lincoln Park <laughs> <laughs> she has a water hose <laughs> I give that up wait, wait, just stop okay <laughs> so on that point because that derailed so fast. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and end episode 5 here. We are almost at 49 minutes. I think we just we, we just surpassed our last uh, episode length. From episode 3, I think our was 48 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and end this episode here. Uh, Tony and Joseph, I want to thank you guys for coming on. It's always good to talk about Linkin Park, even though <laughs> we derailed kind of there a little bit there at the end. But that's okay. <laughs> Derailed, dude. That fucking train crashed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I jinx something before we go? Sure. Hey, go Jonathan ahead. Davis, watch out, bud. This ain't gonna be your year. To be fair, Corn just released their new album last year, and it ain't nothing special. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, just saying, bud. So, Mr. Davis, watch out. So, all right. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Mary, you got anything to say before we go? Uh, if you're gonna hang yourself, uh, don't do it like Epstein. Who obviously didn't kill himself. With some, exactly. with some help. Hold on. Yeah. I got one thing to say. Rest in peace, Chester. You're going to be missed. Your voice is like an angel. Scream like a demon. You'll be forever missed. I love you. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Chester. <laughs>